Hi, Sophie. Hello. Have you watched anything gay lately? No, but I did watch the 2006 revival of the Stephen Sondheim musical Company. Okay, but Company? Kind yeah. Is it? Is it? I, I, <laughs> I didn't... everybody welcome to okay but is it gay season three okay but that was gay normally we talk about things that are gay on purpose and maybe a little bad this season we're talking about things that would be better if they were gay maybe yeah <laughs> hi autumn hi <laughs> uh we're here with our friend sophie uh, to talk about, I have brought on a second theater kid. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. You're all doomed. Reformed theater kid. But... <laughs> Reformed. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Is there anything you, you would like to say up top, Sophie? Yeah, I'm Sophie. I am uh, I'm an MFA student. Uh, along with Hal... Formally. uh, No, I am now a master of creative writing. You are still but a student. (laughs) I am still a student um, (laughs) here with two masters. And uh, I write fiction. Um, I write a lot of like weird, weird shit. Um, I'm kind of getting into some monstery stuff. Uh, I can swear on this podcast, right? Yeah, we, we swear here. Fantastic. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm getting into some, like, monstery stuff and weird stuff. Basically anything that, like, is kind of unusual or out of the ordinary, I, I like to I like to focus on. And we're here to talk about a Sondheim joint. Yeah. Famously very normal place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, trigger warnings for Sondheim's company, parentheses, 2006. Um, this is a like late mid-century broadway joint it's got some misogyny in there i don't think that there's any sondheim show that treats women particularly well yeah um homophobia there's references to alcoholism and eating disorders uh there's one character who has a really bad anxiety disorder we're going to talk about her sort of breakdown that she has Mm -hmm. um depression i it's very easy to read raul esparza's version of this character as having depression we're going to talk about it um i would say it's maybe compulsory to read him as having depression yeah he has such sad little eyes we're going to talk about compulsory heterosexuality and heteronormativity um and also there's like microaggressions there's particularly like the manic pixie dream girl character Mm -hmm. um is a very specific kind of character that appears. Uh, And I think that that is it. Oh, there's references to suicidality in the show itself. I don't know if we're going to talk about that in the cast. But yeah, we're here to talk about company. Uh, Autumn, as the only person here who's not into musical theater, what did you think of company? (laughs) Oh, well... All right, how do I say this nicely? Um, <laughs> so I know 
literally everything I'm gonna say, you're both gonna disagree with me about. I just know that in my soul. You don't know that. You don't know I that. I do because I don't like any of the songs. <laughs> I. <laughs> yep. Okay. I. Pretty sure I skipped like half of them. So. What? Yeah. Yeah. The story is in there though. Mm. I see. You to it. me, uh, it wasn't. Um, okay. Okay. I don't, listen, if you're gonna like emphasize the same thing, and they're so long for like six minutes that I already know, I'm gonna skip it. I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> but there's so I many know. songs that just have. There are so talking. many songs. No, the, no, but so many of the songs <laughs> are like there's a verse and then people talk and then there's a verse. Mm-hmm. Did you ca- did you catch the people talking? Um, sometimes. Okay. Did you catch the butterfly story? The butterfly story. Uh, skimming my notes for butterflies. If you had to think about it, you didn't catch it. The butterfly story would stay with you. Wait, but I think I did catch a really weird story, so maybe it was the butterfly story. It might have been the butterfly story. I think I did get that. I just didn't write it down. We'll jump off that bridge when we come to it. Um, Yeah, so... Yeah, I probably missed a couple details that I'm really excited for you to fill me in on because a couple things I was confused. Um, but it's really hard for me to stay invested in a song that's really long and it doesn't feel like it's doing anything. I'm sorry. No, that don't apologize. You're always apologizing for doing the podcast. I'm apologizing to two people that love theater for not loving theater like they do. That's what I'm I, apologizing for. I did I, say I did say it was reformed. Um, if anyone loves theater yeah. the way that I do, I would be worried about them. <laughs> All right. Makes me feel a little better. Maybe you're just not a Sondheim person. Maybe you're an Android Lloyd Webber person. We got to get you to watch the Train musical. Yeah, you're just saying oh, words at me that Starlight are Starlight Express is next. We still got to Ooh. We still gotta do singing in the rain. We still but when do cats, in the rain though, for the Patreon. When, when cats. cats? I don't think I can handle cats. I know some things about cats, and I don't yeah. think I can handle it. <laughs> no, you have to understand. <laughs> I think I understand, actually. <laughs> there's there's a whole messy game. Don't defend cats. Things. Oh, cats is wild. Cats is wild. <laughs> There's a whole messy gay breakup in cats. Yeah. Mm. Well, we're not talking about cats. What's happening? No, we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just um, threatening you with other musicals we could do. Um, we're still singing in the rain. Mm. <laughs> so, Company is my favorite Sondheim musical. Oh God. Vacillates <laughs> between. That doesn't mean that I like it. That it sort of oh. vacillates between Merrily We Roll Along and this one. And the 2006 version is my favorite version of this show. And I think that it is the platonic ideal of this show. Like, I think that there are things that could be improved. But I do really, really like this version. And I really love Raul Esparza's Bobby. I love Raul Esparza. Mm-hmm. Um, but his Bobby is very good. I do like some of the themes. I just feel like I need to, like, balance out with a positive i did like some of the themes of the musical cool yeah all right we can start now (laughs) this recording is a black is of a black box theater we've got audience on two sides of a sort of 
jaunty diagonal square here. Um, this version has, I believe that in the original pitch of this show, everyone was assigned an instrument, uh, and that was mm -hmm. sort of phased out in rehearsals. This version of the show has everyone have their instrument. Like, all of the orchestra is just performed by the people in the cast. Um, oh, wait, that was one of my questions, why everyone was holding yeah. instruments all the time. Like, are they friends because they're all in a band together? Because it didn't <laughs> feel like that was explained to me. <laughs> no, I think that the, the music is non-diegetic. Oh, so they're yeah, just holding like, those instruments. <laughs> it's the weird theater thing where the things that are on stage aren't actually there, and we yeah, just kind that. of have to roll with it. <laughs> um <laughs> April has to pack up her tuba before she goes to Barcelona. Okay, yeah, so right, right, right. Yeah. Which yeah. is also a sculpture. Mm -hmm. In Bobby's apartment. <laughs> In Bo Bobby's apartment. Yeah. He's Theater's so wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I really like the version with the instruments. Um, I've seen several other versions of the show, and every time I think, where is April's tuba? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's so it's so interesting because I've seen like you could drive a person crazy performed normally, and I yes. liked it with the saxophones. Yeah, I just feel like the saxophones just added this like kind of bite to it that's just mm -hmm. kind of. Especially since they outside of that song don't have the saxophones. Yeah, so those yeah, aren't their great. normal instruments, so it's it's just a rag on Bobby. <laughs> it's such a cool yeah I yeah. But we open on a black black box it's dark and we can sort of see the chorus in the background like they're there the whole time and you can sort of see them off stage mm -hmm. um but it's bobby isolated in the middle of the stage uh as uh his friends leave him messages on his voicemail um because they are planning a surprise birthday party for him not well <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, he starts the opening? Talking, he goes, oh, sorry. No, you go. I'm going to talk so much. I'm going to feel <laughs> so bad about all of the words that are going to come out of my mouth. You guys have to stop me. Okay. Well, I was just going to say that my opening note was, so this Bobby guy is a loser, I guess. And I didn't, I don't think I had any reason for writing that down. It was just the vibe I got. So I don't know if we're supposed to get that vibe or not. He has He's... 10 friends who can and will show up for his birthday party. Yeah. At but 35 like, years old. That's, I mean, that's vibe. kind of, that's pretty impressive. But he also has very deep eyes. So, <laughs> like, it kind of balances out. Okay, half the friends didn't feel like good friends to me, though. No, we could we could talk about whether or not Bobby should be friends with these people. Because they are mean to him. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't love him for him. But I don't think they love each other for each other, either. Mm, deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they felt more like they used to be friends and now they're they yeah. just kind of still hang out. Yeah. That's fair. Can I read you guys a quote from Stephen Sondheim's uh, biography, Finishing the Hat? Yes, Please do. Absolutely. 
So he describes company's plot as Robert, a man with no emotional connections or commitments, reassesses his life on his 35th birthday by reviewing his relationships with his married acquaintances and girlfriends. And that's the whole show. Now, I disagree. I mean, that's a cool plot. Mm -hmm. Oh, you disagree? Okay, never mind then. (laughs) I disagree. If this man has no emotional commitment again how are 10 people coming to his apartment for his 35th birthday obligation mm. no <laughs> I, it's no. I, to they me live in New York. they could just say the subway was slow i don't know <laughs> i mean sometimes like you just still hang out with people because like you grew up with them and you don't necessarily maybe want to sever that like connection but also i mean you're not technically really friends anymore mm-hmm. and maybe that's just being old and sad and that's just like the way it's coming across to me he's not old he's 35 <laughs> i mean <laughs> i think these are like two extremes and i think it's kind of somewhere in the middle because mm. i i do see he has connections he has friends Mm-hmm. They show up for his birthday party. That's great. But I also think they're all kind of, they're all kind of absorbed in, I mean, they're really absorbed in their own marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, within those marriages, they're even more absorbed within themselves. So, I mean, yes, he has a lot of connections. Yes, he has a lot of friends. I kind of think, you've have you seen um, um, Russian Doll? No kind of like it keeps the first season keeps coming back to this party and it's kind of a similar vibe where like they're all friends but like everybody's really self-absorbed but they're still like there's still this close connection and they've known each other for a while and they're just kind of living their lives adjacent to each other and that's kind of Mm. where i where i see all these relationships Mm. yeah i see that too yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, we get our opening number. Did you listen to this one all the way through? Um, I wrote down, "Oh joy, they're singing." <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, and I try. I think I listened to half of this song, and then I was like, "Okay, I I, I know what's going on now." And then I moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did I... not feel like it was adding anything other than like just the vibe that it's a musical, which I already knew that. I'm sorry. I wrote down to Bobby with love, but he knows that their love is at least somewhat conditional. Mm. Mm. Deep. Yeah. What is it conditional upon? What What's the condition? Upon him, like, playing the game, right? Like, they are constantly, like, you need to get with the program and do the thing that we did and get married. And he's like, I don't want to do that. Like, earlier, I think it's Peter who is like, um, now your whole life is ahead of you. You're... N- Next year, by this time, you'll have uh, fame, fortune, and your first wife. And Bobby's like, I could do without all three of those things. I don't need fame, fortune, or a first wife. You know, I do like, I think that's really, I don't know. I I do think that's really telling to like where where he's at. I mean, I what one thing I really like about this performance is that it's so like enigmatic and you can't really get what he's about i mean he doesn't really show his cards on his sleeve Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I just mixed a few analogies there, but the, he, <laughs> he doesn't. We, we understood what you meant. Yeah, yeah, like he doesn't really, he doesn't really like, he doesn't really show show much of himself or like or like show up much or mm-hmm. so. I think there's just this question of like, well, what, what does, what does he want? Um, you know, there's the moment later when like, uh, during the last number that I am completely blanking on where, um, one of the characters is like, want something, just want something being alive. Yeah. The, yeah. the famous one. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, the one, one everyone the auditions with. Yeah, it's just like want something, want something, and and I I think that's really, you know. There is this question of like, what does Bobby want? What 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 drives him? Mm-hmm. I was really put off by the fact that he was not emoting at all because I feel like musicals are all about emoting too much because that's the point. I don't know. I haven't watched that many. I know it's obvious, but like, so he's not emoting, yeah. and I'm like, what's going on? But that's the point. Raul Esparza yeah. makes this very specific acting choice, and I think that he's telegraphing to all of us that Robert is he's depressed. depressed. <laughs> I also just, I don't know if I think this is a musical in <laughs> the way that most musicals are musicals. Yeah, it has more in common with like a song cycle, right? Like it's yeah. A, it's a concept musical. It's less plot, more vibe. Yeah, or a play. Like, I really think this is a play with music. Mm-hmm. Um, do musicals like, have to have a plot is that like a thing yes mm. that's why the music is there to convey the plot mm. yeah but this, name, this one... name a musical you think doesn't have a plot company uh, this one that's <laughs> what I'm saying this is like, it's a concept musical that has more in common with a song cycle that's the Cat- whole thing cats does not have a plot Cats has mm. so much plot. Um, from the little that I have read, I would argue that it, the all the plot equals no plot with cats. I will fight you in real life. Oh wow, that's <laughs> extreme. Okay, <laughs> fighting over cats, a new one. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so this opening song is just a bunch of people singing about how dependable and loving their friend is, and then also talking about how his life is incomplete without a woman in it (laughs) and we get our first like big theme of that's what it's really about it being life that's what life is really about having someone to keep you company Mm. herein we get the idea of this show being about like compulsory heterosexuality like there is really easy to read bobby as being gay so easy in fact that early audiences did it and Sondheim added a scene that is supposed to convince us that Bobby is not gay. That's why that shit's in there? Yes. Jesus Christ, Stephen. (laughs) And it does nothing. It does nothing to convince us of that fact. It does the opposite. Yeah. Autumn, do you know what scene I'm talking about? You mean the scene where the one guy comes on to him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that scene stuck out to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it stuck out just a little bit. <laughs> That's I thought it was funny. <laughs> it, it is genuinely hilarious. This okay. is a funny show. Um, Sondheim tends to be funny. 
this is this is actually one thing that I loved about this this version of the show, though, is because like it is funny, but nothing's played for laughs. Mm-hmm, so yeah. like it's funny, but if it's funny, it's because the script's funny and not because like the actors. something's being yeah um yeah and we we can talk about the 2011 one if we want but but that one <laughs> gave me the opposite impression and i it was a very different show because of that for me but but yeah mm-hmm. this one is like it's very reserved and i really i i'm kind of it's like minimalist yeah and i it kind of goes along with Raul's performance which I can get, like, I can get why that would be off-putting, too, because it is very, like, you, it's kind of inscrutable. Like, you can't really... He is so checked out. To him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, then we get the characters reacting to some sights and sounds of the city, um, but we don't get to see the sights and sounds themselves which i read as symbolic of the hollowness of the heteronormative lifestyle wow of just doing wow. things because you gotta listen this is the read in too much into things podcast i mean i is was thinking this... more like this uh hollowness of just like city life mm-hmm. less so uh <laughs> sexuality but, <laughs> you know <laughs> Is this the 100 people getting off the train, 100 more people getting off the train song? No, that's way later. Okay. Um, yeah, right, right, right. Because first we have to get uh, Harry and Sarah not communicating in their relationship. Doing their weird shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't know who anyone's names are, just so you know that ahead of time. This um, is the scene with the karate. Mm-hmm. Okay. That and was the weird food stuff. Weird. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. okay. Harry and Sarah have Bobby over. Bobby has brought them a bottle of bourbon and a plate of brownies. The problem is that Harry is supposed to be on the wagon because he got arrested twice for public drunkenness. And Sarah, for unknown reasons, is on a very strict diet despite loving food and being really into food magazines. Mm -hmm. And the two of them are passive aggressive at each other about these facts while Bobby watches. It's very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God. She was like, I'll kill for chocolate. And I literally wrote down, just have something. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I put the warning in for disordered eating. Like, she wants Bobby to eat a brownie so she can watch him eat this brownie. That's so weird. It's not healthy. This is the scene I was watching when I texted you how Yuppie's the musical. <laughs> <laughs> because, I, I don't know, I just, I feel like they're... I mean, okay. Uh, what's the guy's name in the scene? God. Harry. Harry. There's so many characters, but I yeah, feel yeah. like he, I mean, he definitely has a reason for not drinking. I'd say getting arrested twice is probably a, a good reason for not drinking. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know that like, I don't know that the show knows that. And I don't know that Sondheim knows that. And I think the <laughs> point here is that like, they're like, denying themselves like mm-hmm. pleasure because of reasons 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 society and well they both have like disordered approaches to consuming what they're consuming right like they're right both, there's that they're both a little fucked up about it yeah 
there's like more misogynistic versions of this show that paint Sarah very unkindly in this scene when she's right. If you get arrested twice for public drunkenness, you should maybe like cool it. Yeah, <laughs> that didn't seem controversial to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the the important thing is that they have not told probably anyone in their friend group that they have just made these decisions because otherwise Bobby wouldn't have brought, he even says it, if you told me you were on the wagon, I wouldn't have brought the bourbon. Um, and so it's illustrative of like the ways in which the problems with their relationship are sort of matriculating out into the world around them. It's like, they're not communicating with each other. Mm. And so they're also not com- communicating with the people that they love. And this is the ideal of marriage that Bobby is presented with. And he's like, eh, I don't know. Seems fucked when up. they torture each other for no reason. <laughs> Sarah has been taking karate lessons. I love this scene. I love this song very much. This is the little things you do together. Yeah. Yeah. That's jo- Joanne, right? Yes. Joanne she... sings. Joanne is my favorite. Joanne's great. Uh, she is. She's currently being played by Patty Lacombe. Um, in good for this, her. In this version, she is played by. I love this actress. She is played by Barbara Walsh, uh, who has this amazing, like sardonic, very subdued, like low alto to her voice. First of all, love an alto, mm-hmm. and the way that she just like takes this like patter song. And slows it down and just like looks us in the eye in the audience and is like, yeah, <laughs> hello. Well, yeah. And well, I actually, so I came with a quote, with a Sondheim quote that I think fits this moment really well, too. Oh, yeah. Um, he says, uh, Broadway theater has been for many years supported by upper middle class people with upper middle class problems. These people really want to escape that world when they go to the theater and then here we are with company talking about how we're going to bring it right back in their faces, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure how I feel about that quote. Um, but I think this is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. And Joanne in general, like both of her songs are yeah. about these kinds of problems. Yeah. Adam, did you listen to this song all the way through? Let's make assumptions that I'm not going to remember specifics about these songs. <laughs> they all blurred together. Is... I'm so sorry. There were some where they were kind of dancing. There were some where they were at the piano. And then it's just, that's all I got for you. I'm so sorry. This is the one where they're like shouting to your horse together, getting a divorce together. Amazing. That's what marriage is about. That did really set mm-hmm. off this whole thing on a pretty sour note. Gotta say. Mm-hmm. And Bobby's supposed to aspire to this. <laughs> Poor guy. No wonder he's depressed. <laughs> I I think Bobby might just have shitty friends. <laughs> That's what like, I'm saying. Like, I think saying. this might be a thing. <laughs> he's fine. She just needs to be on Lexapro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, that's the bangs one, right? Yes. Nice. Actually, no, there were two women with bangs, which really upset me because I wrote it down as bangs. <laughs> Is is cur- curly curly hair bangs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked her. Uh, I have seen a version of this show where when 
Harry and Sarah start doing the karate thing, he like handily defeats her, and I hate that. Oh, big dislike. No, I and I like I like that they weren't actually grappling. I like yes. that they were like across the stage. Okay, that confused me though. I was like, Symbolism. is this supposed to be karate or like is she just pretending to do karate and he's going along with it? No, she's super was... doing karate. But because they are because they're not their marriage is falling apart, they are symbolically distanced on either side of the stage. See, actually, but this scene made me think, like, oh, I understand why they're married. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. It just, it's something about, like, them, because it didn't, to me, it didn't feel like they were, like, really trying to fight each other. Like, it was more like, let me show you my cool karate. And they were, like, going along with it together. And I was like, oh, this is cute. Mm. Maybe this is a super wrong take. (laughs) And no, I, I kind of like it's that take. Wrong. It's just different than the one that we had. It's fun. Well, I kind of <laughs> like that take because I think they're just like adversarial people. Maybe that's yeah. like, I, I mean, this is their rhythm. This is yeah. their rhythm. Maybe this works for them. Um, it's. I think it's miserable to Bobby. Um, <laughs> yeah. Especially because, like, as we're watching them across the stage, like Bobby, the character, is in a room with these two people grappling mm-hmm. and like yeah that's super awkward <laughs> yeah but I, I like that take thank you thank you for your support then we get sorry grateful uh which is about how being in a relationship changes some things but not all the things deep <laughs> also a very good song i have no thoughts on that okay <laughs> so sorry yeah this was one of the ones that I checked out of. Mm. So I'm... Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm here. Uh, we could just move on then. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> but, so then we'll get Peter and Susan, uh, who have a terraced apartment. Um, it's supposed to have a view of the East River, uh, but it's like you have to sort of lean over the balcony to see the East River. Uh, Susan faints a lot is one of her character traits. She's the southern one. She's the redhead. You've described all three of her character traits. Yes. (laughs) I love that she's so nuanced. I read her as a lesbian for not like a reason. Oh. Interesting. Considering what happens later in the show, I think it's more fun if she's gay. I think this makes sense. I can't comment because I don't remember. I don't know what you're referencing about later in the show. Peter so. is the one who comes on to Bobby. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I needed. Yes. <laughs> in this scene, Bobby says that Peter and Susan are the perfect couple. They are actually aspirational for, for him. Whereas like Harry and Sarah, their version of marriage is a little bit scary. And so he mm-hmm. sees Peter and Susan in contrast and is like, you guys are wonderful. Oh no. And Peter's like cheating on her. No, or, or that. Oh, okay. No, they're getting divorced. Okay. And I think that's because okay. like Peter, Peter and Susan have an arrangement. Yes. Like this is this is. I don't know. I I like. I mean, if we're going on like the like the like compulsory heterosexuality reading, mm-hmm. um, they. I mean, they they have this they have this arrangement. You know, this life like 
of being in a in a monogamous straight marriage like obviously doesn't work for them but Mm -hmm. it doesn't work for them together yeah um (laughs) and they love each other and they love their children and they like their apartment and they're going to remain there yeah yeah not be married and they're much happier i did i was kind of confused why they even bothered getting divorced since i did think they were just like doing stuff on the side and it was fine like it was this agreement they had so i and especially since literally nothing changed other than the label that they had for themselves i thought it was interesting that they bothered to go through with a divorce because that's what the show is about like the show Mm -hmm. is about the concept of marriage and the concept of marriage demands the piece of paper right and so if you burn the piece of paper then that is the most important thing that you can do Mm. okay and so it's important to them to get divorced. That makes sense. Yeah. And I, I really do think this is like a 1970s, like, oh, we can finally talk about divorce show. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that was as far this... as the bandwidth was really going. Yeah, totally. This this show is very, like, the <laughs> ideas about marriage in this show, very scandalous when it first came out. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Like, it was, it was, um, like, people were mad at it for being anti-marriage. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, while I'm watching it, like, not at all phased. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we see Bobby visibly panic in this scene also. Like, these two are supposed to be in love. What is the point of all of this if the mm-hmm. perfect couple gets divorced? And they're not even, like, upset by the fact that they're getting divorced. I love the yeah. way that they said, like, that they, they made the announcement that they were getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I, I, what, what if the show was just about these two? Yeah. Fascinating I think people. that'd be great. Coming to an arrangement. I want to know more about them. Figuring out how to yeah. exist. Yeah. Um, but we transition really quickly to uh, Dave and Jenny. Who have not had, Jenny has not smoked pot before. David has. Jenny hasn't because she's like straight edge. And she's convinced that she's not stoned despite smoking two joints. Uh, <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bobby and David are real gone. I I love the image of David just sitting with his cello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like high out of his mind. Who is that actor? He's great. He's, he he's good at the... being high. <laughs> I have the, lots of lots of actors are not good at being high. Yeah. Um, David in two thousand six was Fred Rose, who does not have his own Wikipedia page. Damn. Oh, that's a shame. Because he's really good at this. Yeah. I think that this scene is genuinely very cute. Um, mm-hmm. I like uh, David and Jenny's like dynamic here yeah Um, it was almost weird after like the past two couples to mm -hmm. me to come to this one i kept waiting for people who actually like each other yeah Yeah. i kept waiting for something else to get revealed or something i thought they were gonna ask him to swing or something (laughs) (laughs) that's another reading that's literally a different (laughs) show is that Bobby yeah. just gets passed around all of these couples and they need to accept that that's just how their life is instead of pushing him toward a monogamous relationship. Like, obviously, it's working. Something is working. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bobby says to Jenny, uh, 
you you're the girl I should have married um which is just him trying to tell her that she's important to him but he mm-hmm. only has the language of like married monogamous to do it like he can't fathom he lives in a world in which it is not fathomable to just love your friends a bunch mm-hmm. that felt like a really weird thing for him to say especially yeah. in that moment yeah i was like homie are you trying to break up this marriage it what is happening and she like brings up the actually actual idea of him getting married for real and he's like repulsed he's like no Mary, yeah. me? No. Well, that's a, I, I, that's like one of the problems I have with the writing of the show is I just like, I don't think it understands Bobby all the way because he, yeah. he says some things that are weird, mm-hmm. he says some weird things like throughout, <laughs> and and I think I think Raúl's uh, performance really mitigates some of those. Mm-hmm. But like watching the Neil Patrick Harris performance, I was like, this guy's gross. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, like i don't i don't like this guy (laughs) and i think that's a problem with the writing and not the character i i really think like you know i i i like raul's performance a lot um Mm -hmm. but that moment is weird Mm -hmm. Uh, jenny says a person is not complete until he is married which is a rude thing to say to your single friends Mm -hmm. yeah especially when he's not even like seriously dating anyone Mm mm-hmm Whereas maybe if that was the case, that could be interpreted as her being like, hey, you should pop the question. But no, he's just like vibing and she's just being rude. Mm-hmm. David says that he would like to be single, not because he doesn't love Jenny, but because he's nostalgic for his bachelor days. There's like the ideal, the like untouched ideal, unreachable ideal of singleness and the mm-hmm. unreachable ideal of marriage. And like, you are pushing toward one or another of them for your whole life is what this show sets up. Like all of the married couples want to be single and they push the idea onto the single people of wanting to be married. And so it's this ideal that they are not even reaching for themselves, but that they once reached for as single people that must be imposed. I hate how accurate that still is. Yeah. Today. It's just a huge bummer. It's the compulsory heterosexuality. Yeah. Yeah, huge bummer. Ruins everything. <laughs> get rid of it. We don't need <laughs> it. Uh, this is where we get the uh, Andrew Sisters style song, You Could Drive a Person Crazy, because Jenny says, are you resisting marriage? And Bobby's like, of course I'm not resisting marriage. I'm a normal average guy, and that means that I must want to get married there is no other option Mm -hmm. and amy marta and kathy he like describes the three of them uh and then they come on with their saxophones and do you could drive a person crazy autumn did you pay attention to this one i'm gonna ask you every time well, you're gonna get a very similar answer every time and be disappointed but actually (laughs) i wanted to real quick uh it's weird because I feel like there are plenty of dudes that literally say they never want to get married and never get married. And to me, it feels like more that pressure is on women to feel like they're not complete until they're married. So it's kind of interesting that this is 
from the point of view of a man. Funny you should say that. Ah. Oh. <laughs> so the 2018 version, and I believe the current version that's being run. Yeah, I think so. Bobby with an I is here. Oh. She's a young, sexy, single lady. Um, I don't like this version of the show because okay. it is homophobic. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, um, more so than, like, this one? Yes. Okay. Somehow. That's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hmm. Somehow, despite making one of the couples a gay couple, it is homophobic. Oh. Because it only made the... Okay, so the person that they turned into a man to make the show... First of all, it should, it should have been a lesbian couple. There are a lot of men in the show. But... yeah. Jesus. There are even more men in the gender flipped version because Marta, Kathy, and uh, April all become men. And also, Amy becomes a man, and so he's Jamie and he's getting married to Paul. And we will get to this later, but Bobby asks Amy to marry him. In the Bobby was an I version of the show, she still does that, but now he's a man. And it's like, why? Like, you made Which, this character gay to make the show straight. Why? I just... Which is... I think it's really, like, the, the whole show is missing a, a really good opportunity. And, like, I don't know. Like, in 1970, Broadway, like, would not have done this. But I feel like... But 2018, Broadway could have. Could have done, like, Bye Bobby. Like, that could have been a thing. Like, e like very easily. Yeah. Like, just, just by Bobby. Like, I don't know. This is, yeah. And also, like, there are other moments in the show where that would have been, have been gay if they had left them alone, that they changed yeah. to make them straight. Like, Joanne comes on to Bobby later. She just doesn't do that in the 2018 version. That's so boring. Yeah. 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 That's such a shame. Because I do really feel like, uh, having a female lead for this sort of story is like a good choice. So that's a mm -hmm. shame. In this version of the show, uh, Jenny is having a lot of fun being high, but um, doesn't want to smoke more. And so, but Dave doesn't want to smoke anymore. And so she immediately shuts down the idea of Bobby rolling another joint uh, and leaves. Um, she says that they're too too old to have fun anyway. They're in their 30s. But isn't that yeah. like, I mean, obviously 30s, you're not like that old, but they feel really old. And that's why Bobby's so upset the whole show, right? Because he feels like he's so old, he should already be married, right? Mm. Yeah, but that's silly. I, well, yeah, the whole thing <laughs> is silly. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like it has such a weird relationship. The show is just a weird relationship with aging. Mm hmm. A lot just, of Sondheim shows. Like, this happens in Mary Lou really long, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it also happens in uh, in Sunday in the Park. Mm hmm That show is at least about a man with dementia. Right. I mean, yeah, right. It gets a, it gets a pass. Uh, if you want us to do Sunday in the Park with George, you simply have to you give us $25. Um, then we get a callback to... Oh, well, before that happens, I want... To get y'all's opinion on the thing that happens with Dave, where he insists that 
Jenny was not stoned and was just playing along for his sake. And he knows this because he knows her. What does that mean? Mm. Uh, well, you know, that's kind of gross. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just, like, dismissing, like, that she can do things? I don't know. I don't like that. Ew. She's, like, too square to get stoned despite actively smoking weed. Yeah, like, when he calls her a square, I was like, sir. She's not being very square. Like, maybe she's no. usually very straight edge. Also, this this is 1970. Like, weed is a lot in 1970. <laughs> like, why does he not think she can be, you know, a complex person? Because she's his wife. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Exactly. Like, he already has her all figured out, so she's not allowed to now go do something else. Mm-hmm. Ew. Then we get a call back to the first to- the first song, which was about how much they love Bobby and hanging out with him. Uh, it's, like, the refrain is, it'll just be the three of us in the first version. But in this version, they are, like, trying to uh, fix Bobby up with with women and so it'll just be the four of us and it mm-hmm. feels like a betrayal it feels like a perversion <laughs> it also feels like they're trying to swing i honestly <laughs> think many <laughs> i think many of the couples in the show are are trying to swing and so like badly. not not being forthright about it but like like the, the compulsory heterosexuality and the heteronormativity, right? Like, swinging, yeah. is, swinging is not heteronormative, and so they cannot acknowledge, as they exist as symbols and characters in this show, they cannot acknowledge their own desire to fuck their friend Bobby. Yeah, and, like, as far as they know, their friend Bobby fucks all the time. Yeah. So, like, all you gotta do is ask, really. And then if it's weird, it's weird. But, you know, I mean, I guess that does happen a few times later on. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And then it's weird. Um, Yeah. But, yeah. All of the men sing about how they'd rather be single and dating again. uh, Again, because of the, like, unreachable ideal of singleness of bachelorhood. Uh, Mm. And uh, the the thing that they're singing amounts to, you want an emotional connection with another person, why would you want to get married? You don't need to get married to have an emotional connection with another person. Which is true. And yet. And yet. The show disagrees. The show would have us disagree. Then, then Bobby sings about all, how all of his like female friends are the perfect woman for him. He wants a Susan sort of Sarah, a Jenny-ish Joanne. Dude, you have those. They're yeah. friends. Just hang out with them. You're already doing it. But, like, he's been told over and over again that he is an incomplete person because he doesn't have another human living in his house. He can get yeah. a roommate. Yeah. You can get Go a cat. Online. He can move in with, with one of these couples. It's yeah. like, Bobby, you already have the soulmate that you're yearning for. <laughs> Please. Yeah. I beg of you. Now we get Marta singing... Another hundred people just got off of the train. Mmm. This one was weird. It's weird, right? This this song's very microaggressy. I mean, it's about the impersonal nature of living in New York. It's a city which yeah. facilitates meeting people, but not knowing people. Like, 
Marta describes like these vast swaths of diverse people as her greatest friends, but like you don't know them, you don't hang out, you just see them on the street and you say hi. I also, I just, I also feel like there's a way to get that across without being kind of weird about it. But maybe I'm asking too much of Sondheim. But that wouldn't be New York. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> um, Marta's where we get the, like, microaggression stuff. Um, the Jews, the gays, the blacks, they're all her greatest friends, mm-hmm. is what she says. This... She's played by an Asian actress in this version of the show. I don't think it saves it. I don't think. Mm-mm. I would love a rework of this scene. I don't know how they handle it in the 2018 version. Um, you can tell that Martha, Marta is a Manic Pixie Dream Girl because she has red streaks in her hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ew, I hate that. <laughs> then we get April. Autumn, you said you liked April. No, you said you liked Amy, the other bang. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel about April? Um, what's what's April's deal again? She's the flight attendant. She says that she's dumb. I don't remember her doing literally anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she's the one with the butterfly thing. She's got the butterfly speech. Oh. I mean, I didn't have anything against her. She was just kind of strange. She is strange. I love her. That's, Uh, yeah. (laughs) I think the show's very mean to her. I think the show, I think Justice for April. Justice for April. Yeah, I I feel like I wanted more from her, because I I don't know. We didn't didn't get a lot, like, Mm -hmm. who she is, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot, that's true of a lot of the women. They all feel kind of like a weird, uh, like, stereotype and not a person, Mm -hmm. which gets old very quickly. That's a Sondheim show for you, baby. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> uh, we get April talking about how she moved to New York uh, because she wanted to live in the sleepy suburb of Radio City. I think she's not dumb. I think she's just weird. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. Like, that's all right. You can be, like, be be your weird little self, April. It's fine. Go live in Radio City. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, she's one of the only people in the show I really do wish the best for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I knew who she was. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you hadn't skipped all the songs. No, she- I mean, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, the show doesn't tell us really who she is, I feel like. Ah, okay. That's yeah. what I mm-hmm. mean. That's fair. But yes, you can still attack me for not listening to the songs. Yeah, I know I'm a monster. <laughs> That's not what I said. I didn't think that you did was silly. I don't think you're a monster. Um, Do we believe Bobby when he says that he finds April interesting? Like, she's like, I'm not very interesting. And he says, you're very interesting. Do we believe him? I thought he was just trying to uh, have some sexy time. So, you know, just saying what he needed to say. Mm Mm-hmm. That was that was my impression. This this kind of gets to like my reading of the show, which is that in this version, everybody means exactly what they say. Mm. Interesting. I kind of think he does. I think he I think he like 
I don't know. I, I kind of see, and especially like Bobby, like I see when he does say something, like it is exactly what he means. Mm-hmm. Like when he, when he does interject and like, you know, whether that's a weird thing to say, like, <laughs> yeah, like sometimes it is, but I really do think like Raul's Bobby is a very like honest, straightforward Bobby. And so when he says that he thinks she's interesting, I think, and I think we see that in like the scene later mm-hmm. with her. I, I really do think like, I think he does. Like, I think, I think he, some, like something is interesting. And, and maybe it's the fact that like, she's a flight attendant, so she'll be gone. Like no matter what he does, like maybe that's the only thing he finds interesting, <laughs> um, which I honestly like would, would buy. But like, I, I think, I think, he, I think he thinks she's interesting. I read Bobby as a romantic, and so I feel like his default is to just make friends with people. And, like, yeah, sometimes he's also sexually attracted to them. Yeah. But I think that he just defaults to trying to make emotional, like, sincere connections with people and thinking that he's trying to make a romantic connection, and he simply is not. I, I really like that reading, too. That's the only thing that really makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. With how his character reacts to literally everything this entire time. Yeah. He thinks Steven. that like he needs to get uh, you know, a partner and, and get married, but like he doesn't really care about that mm-hmm. at all. Like this is the difference to me, like, between Raul's uh Bobby and like Neil Patrick Harris's Bobby mm-hmm. is I think like Neil Patrick Harris's Bobby is kind of a smarmy little gremlin. And <laughs> Um, in a lot of ways and like that level of smarm just isn't there like maybe it's the eyes maybe it's the very deep sad eyes but whenever he says such sad little eyes i know he like he looks like my dog when my dog wants to go out (laughs) um just needs to go outside he just needs to go outside and (laughs) he's just like i i whenever but like that the effect is that and the effect of like the way he brings Bobby like to brings himself to Bobby is like I you really like believe him like whenever you know I I, I don't I don't He's really too think tired there's... to lie yeah that I mean and that's like what really comes across like this this dude is just worn down mm-hmm. by Aren't his all... shitty friends <laughs> um, then we get Kathy uh, they are in a small park in mm-hmm. the 50s instead of at a nice party that Bobby wanted to go to. Uh, she's very fun and witty in this scene. This is the most animated that we ever see him. Mm-hmm. Because he is with a person who energizes him. What do we think of Kathy? Is Kathy the former girlfriend? Yes. Okay. I was pretty neutral towards her. Um <laughs> I don't know, like, I, that, I mean, their conversation felt kind of weird and uh, forced to me at moments. Like, Bobby seemed very unsure the entire time of how he wanted that conversation to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just very impulsively keeps, like, almost asking various people to marry him. And I just make a choice. And then Because he thinks he... that he's supposed to. Yeah. But, like, why is he asking literally everyone? I just... (laughs) That's so rude to everyone else. If someone said yes, 
it's gonna get out that first he asked like 20 other people and that's just not gonna look good hold on i'm i'm looking up i didn't put this in my notes i'm looking at there's a line here that was really important uh that i really liked the one that i wrote down is um you wanted to marry me and i wanted to marry you how did we ever end up such good friends that was cute yeah how did we not destroy each other that one's really good there's this there's this other one that like really got me i'm trying to find the script right now it's not working (laughs) i think it was something like um like he asks her if she's gonna be happy or something or if she like is happy and she's like i'll have a husband she's she's like i will make a good wife I'll make a good wife. Mm-hmm. She, he and says, just, did you suddenly fall? Because she's, she's moving back to Cape Cod. She's leaving New York. She doesn't like New York. Yeah. And he's ambivalent toward New York, and she doesn't like New York. Like, they are they have the most in common of any two people in the show. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's moving back to Cape Cod. She's getting married. He says, did you just suddenly fall in love? Mm-hmm. Will you be happy? She's like, I will make a good wife. Yeah. Red flag. Fucked up. Yeah. And also, like, this is just the most rich people shit ever. <laughs> it's like, I don't like New York. I'm moving to Cape Cod. <laughs> <laughs> what a good point. Cape Cod is the Santa Fe of this show. Yeah. These people are all so privileged. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Bobby only touches the three girlfriends. Like, they're the only people that he makes physical contact with. Oh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I just I wrote that down here because like they're they're holding hands in this scene, and then she walks away. She like announces that she's getting married and walks away, and he holds her hand until he can't anymore. Mm-hmm. It really felt like she was kind of leading him on for a second. Hmm. I don't know. Like, I am like, why didn't you say right away that you're getting married? Why are you? I don't know the way that because she made it. It's so the audience thinks like, oh, is something going to happen here? But also she's like letting him think that. Mm -hmm. This whole show, I read this show as a tragedy. I read the end of this show. Like the show wants us to read the end of this show as Bobby like moving on with his life and like moving toward a certain kind of success. And I read it as utterly tragic and sad and terrible. And Kathy is like setting this up. It's like, it doesn't matter if she's going to be happy or if she's in love, she will make a good wife. I mean, because if we're going with Kathy as the most similar to Bobby, I think that makes sense. And I don't know. This is, yeah. It's like her and Joanne, I think. Yeah. Like, maybe Joanne is like the cautionary tale, like what Bobby is doomed to become if he keeps buying into marriage. Mm -hmm. Then we get uh, Marta. Robert is ambivalent about living in New York, and Marta loves that shit. Which is also kind of like Joanne later. Mm-hmm. Like when Joanne says, I've never left New York. I I never want to. I never will. Mm-hmm. Why would you even leave New York? Divorced her first husband because he needed to move to Chicago for work. Yeah. She's like, fuck no. What a reason. Listen, he could have done something about that if he really wanted to. No, you're right. It's always both people's, you know, faults or whatever. But 
this is again like Marta being kind of gross about like the diverse population of New York. She thinks that Bobby is too uptight for the city and is also maybe into pegging. Mm. Wait, I didn't get that. What what's the pegging? <laughs> yeah, wait a wait a minute. <laughs> well she okay, she says that the way that you can tell if a person is truly suited to New York is in their ass. Uh, right. Oh. Starts talking about how uptight Bobby is. And, like, the way that the physical performance plays out is she, like, moves toward him while, like, talking mm. explicitly about his ass. And, she, and he's like, uh. Gotcha. <laughs> I did not get that uh, vibe, but I do like that vibe because it's funny. So... <laughs> You know, I think maybe maybe there is a conversation like during rehearsals Mm -hmm. and they were like, we'll leave that in the subtext. (laughs) (laughs) And they like didn't. Angel decides, just says, I think that Marta's into pegging. Yeah. Good for her. You know what? It's it works. It works. Um, Final thoughts on the girlfriends before we move on to my favorite song in the whole show. The other one that's sung for auditions. (laughs) Yeah. Everything about this uh, this person in particular felt so incredibly forced to me. Um, Marta? Yes. Mm-hmm. So forced. It just, I don't know, didn't really add anything either to me. Marta, I, I think, is the character who is most begging for, like, a, rev- a revision. Like, again, I haven't seen the most yeah. recent version of this show, but I hope that they've done something with Marta because... Uh, and, like, I don't remember details about her in the Neil Patrick Harris version. She could be so cool, and she's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. She's a very... She's very of her time as a character. And she yeah. And an update if she's gonna be good to be on stage. If I want to hang out with Marta while she's on... While she's in front of me. This is the thing. I was watching her, and I was like, I feel like I'm watching Annie Hall right now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like this, she felt, yeah, 1970s Manic Pixie Dream Girl, like independent loves New York. Mm-hmm. And she could hair. be fun. And, yeah. And she simply is not. Yeah. Like, I bet in the original performance, I don't know. I don't know anything about the original performance, but I could see her like wearing a hat, like mm-hmm. a, like a, like a really like, like, kind of like jaunty cap um, (laughs) (laughs) rather than the hair but yeah then we get uh amy is getting married uh we get the chorus singing uh i think this is this is jenny in the chorus singing pinnacle of life i have written pinnacle of life my fat aunt harriet what (laughs) pinnacle of life my fat aunt harriet that's what i have to say about marriage all right the line is uh, a wedding or something like up. Oh, like, hang on, I'll just look at this frick racken lyrics. <laughs> Love the frick racken. <laughs> Not getting married today. Lyrics. They did this one on Glee. It was bad. Everything on Glee, and I cannot stress there this are enough. Some good yeah. is bad. <laughs> there are some good Glee covers. Mm-hmm. Like, at what cost? two in every ten Glee covers. But at what cost? 
the 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 lines are blessed this day pinnacle of life husband joined to li- husband joined to wife the heart leaps up to behold this golden day and i have written pinnacle of life my fat and harriet sick which i think is also this the thesis of this seed if we are reading this show as a critique of compulsory heterosexuality and heteronormativity. Because Amy is not in a place right now where she can get married, like, right now. She's actively having an anxiety attack. Amy's the best character, and I will hear nothing against that. I love her. I love Amy. <laughs> I, I did her orange juice uh, lines as a monologue for an audition one. Hell yes, as well you should. Just talk to an invisible Bobby and Paul about burning the toast. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Uh, They have her in a veil, but everyone in this show is dressed in black. It's like an all-black set, and the only pops of color are sometimes people have red hair, and sometimes the instruments are gold and silver. And uh, everyone is wearing black. And so Amy, who is wearing a bridal veil for the entire show, is wearing a black veil like a widow. Real good. Oh, yeah. Perfect. I never even thought about that. Amazing. (laughs) That is a morning dress. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Autumn, did you listen to this song? I mean, like a little bit of it. (laughs) My favorite line is take back the cake, uh, burn the shoes and boil the rice. That's an amazing line. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But why would you take back the cake? Cake is delicious. Yeah, eat the cake. She doesn't think that she deserves cake. No, she doesn't think that she deserves cake. She doesn't... Everyone deserves cake. She doesn't... She cannot conceptualize. She doesn't feel lovable. She is so uncomfortable with people showing her the smallest modicum of affection that she screams at them. Incredibly relatable. Yeah. Love her greatly. You don't thank a person for hot orange juice, you slug them. (laughs) <laughs> i would thank someone for hot orange juice yeah they worked hard heating up that orange juice <laughs> they worked hard leaving the fridge open last night they worked hard pouring it into a glass mm-hmm. <laughs> amy's already planning the divorce she's like why are we going through with this you're obviously going to stop loving me in like two months you're going to realize that i'm a bad crazy person that you don't want to be around the line that she has here that I really, really love is nobody human can stand all that everlasting love and affection. Which is also a great line. And a mood, mm-hmm. yes. Amy's Amy's got some bangers. So yeah, Amy sings a whole song about how she doesn't want to get married because she feels like it will ruin her relationship if she does. Uh, she doesn't feel lovable. Uh, calls off the wedding and uh, Paul, her fiance, very distraught at this. Uh, just walks off stage, asks Robert to call the church and say that they're not coming. Um, Poor guy. uh, Robert doesn't want Amy to get married if she doesn't want to, which is like him trying to see some of himself in in Amy. They are having two different problems. Is this where uh, Bobby says, then you you should marry me if you don't want to marry Paul? Yeah. Yeah, he says, marry me and everyone will leave us alone. Also weird of him. No, that's that's the whole show. That's the whole show. I know it's the whole show. And I understand, like, especially if we are, again, reading uh, him as a romantic, like, yes, this 
more than anything else really emphasizes that but for him to say that to someone while they're literally in the middle of like having this crisis about marriage just in general is Mm -hmm. so rude but if okay so he thinks that they're having the same problem and he knows that the solution to his problem is to just get married and so he proposes the solution to his problem which he thinks that amy shares the problem is that she is having a different problem flawless logic Talk about being rude to Paul, too. Poor guy. Yes. Yeah, the I know. for, like, one second. Paul did nothing wrong. <laughs> Paul did nothing yeah. wrong. Justice for Paul. Justice for April. <laughs> I I also think it, it, can be, it can be true that, like, it's a great line and it does encapsulate the whole show. And it's also a weird move, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. not, not on her wedding day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, Come on. she calls off the wedding and Paul leaves and she says, what did I just do? Yeah. I think Amy just needs therapy. This yeah. is my take. Like, and like she said Amy that just... line that's like, I telephoned my analyst about it and he said to see you Monday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's not, that's not gonna help. Yeah. It's also 1970 therapy. I feel like she needs, like, she needs better help. She needs Lexapro. <laughs> or Lexapro. <laughs> Somebody doing... Somebody working, like, not with the DSM-3. Uh, her other banger line in this is, you gotta marry somebody, not just somebody. If you're gonna marry some, mm-hmm. If you're gonna get married, you're gonna marry somebody. A great line. Like, ironically, Paul proposing to Amy calms her down enough. It's like when you're having a panic attack and you take a bite of a lemon. Mm. <laughs> have you heard of this technique? I have I have carried yeah. out this technique. <laughs> it's your brain is so focused on the problem yeah. that you're having and it's like going into hyper aware mode. And so if you give it a different problem and one that doesn't make any sense and one that is immediately solvable, it'll calm right down. This is Amy taking a bite of a lemon. Is <laughs> Paul proposing to her? Yeah, or like in old time, like movies when people are going into old timey surgery and they get like a little like wooden thing to bite on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, do Paul's you mean the thing Bobby proposing? On. Bobby proposing. Did I say Paul? Yes. That was confusing. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Bobby. Bobby is the thing to bite on. Yeah. Bobby is okay. the lemon. <laughs> We're on the same page. Okay. Sorry. Um, we get symbolism as Amy, like, changes her mind, uh, goes to leave and find Paul, and Bobby tosses her the bouquet. Only people who don't need to get married toss the bouquet. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> okay, so, then we get Marry Me a Little, which, the common reading of this song is that Bobby is being very immature by only wanting the quote-unquote good parts of a relationship. Agree, disagree. Disagree wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. This man is... Huh? Oh. What do you think, Adam? Did, did you listen to this one? Look, <laughs> I wrote down no notes about any of the songs. Okay. Um... But the things that he's at, like, I also disagree. So, because like the yes. things that he's asking for are not 
unreasonable. No. He just wants some. He's marry me a little means marry me, but do not grow to despise me, please. Because the only thing he's seen of marriage is that they hate each other. Yeah, like and Amy un- says the same thing. He she doesn't want to get married because she's never witnessed a good marriage, and Paul has to be like, married people aren't marriage. Our marriage will not be all of marriage. And also, like, I feel like that reading, like, Raul's performance, so, like, unlike Neil Patrick Harris's Bobby, mm-hmm. Raul's Bobby is not just trying to fuck. Right. Like, and I think there, like, there is a reading where, like, he's just trying to fuck, like, and he's just, or, I mean, he's just trying to have, like, company, uh, the title of the show Mm -hmm. but i i think i think he does want something more he just wants a different kind of relationship yeah yeah i too want a cocoon of love and respect yeah who doesn't that's called friendship though he already has it yeah theoretically his friends are terrible but like theoretically they're good (laughs) yeah theoretically without the grip of compulsory heterosexuality he has he has a cocoon of love and respect, and it is his ten friends at his birthday party. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of the birthday party, we're back at the party for Act 2. Um, he blows out the candles. They're like, did you wish for a wife? And he did not wish for a wife. He doesn't need a wife. He already said that. This is the, this is the song. This is What Would We Do Without You. It is probably my second favorite song in the show. I love a patter song. I love a round. Mm-hmm. This is the both the song that supports the arrow reading of Bobby and the reading of Bobby is in love with all of these people as couples. Mm-hmm. But it is supposed to showcase how alone he is. And it fails utterly. And I love it. Is it really supposed to be making us think he's alone? Because of the... Okay, so traditionally in this show... There's no instruments. And so what happens uh, toward the end of the song where everybody's singing side by side by side and they, like, in this version of the show, they do to do on their uh, instruments and they, like, complement each other. Traditionally, that is, like, they do a little uh, bit of a dance. Um, and it's a couple's dance. So they dance down the line as couples and then Bobby doesn't have anyone to dance with. In this version of the show, they do a little doot to doot on each of their instruments, and it's complimentary and beautiful. And then we get to the end, and Raul Esparza has taken a kazoo out of the inside pocket of his jacket, and he doots on the kazoo. And it sounds a little silly, but it doesn't sound bad. It's not even off-key. Valid to be a kazoo. Valid to be a kazoo. (laughs) Is that the title of this episode? It fucking could be. Yeah. <laughs> this is a song, Autumn. This is a song about pe- 10 people saying that without this specific man, all of their lives would fall apart. Not just their marriages, but their lives. No one would be watching their children. No one would be keeping them company when their spouse is out of town. Um, if Stephen Sondheim explained to me this, if this man. <laughs> has no real commitments or connections. How is he seven times a godfather? 
even if his friends like aren't really digging the whole friendship thing anymore how is he seven times a godfather explain i think this is also just like a wild amount of responsibility to put on one person for also that all of these people's lives <laughs> Like yeah, I got that vibe really hard. <laughs> like if if he's lonely, it's because like, I mean, there's the line like because he is a, an she, instrument in other people's relationships. Yeah, well, like and Joanne says like I'll take care of you later on, and he says then who would take care of me? No, who would I take? Care or, of? No, who would I take care of? And he's taking care of everybody. Yeah. Like he's really like this man is tired. <laughs> he's a tired guy. No wonder he hasn't found anyone to marry. He's too he's... busy fixing everyone else's marriages. Yeah. <laughs> I've just written here, Joanne with the tambourine is very good. I think that everyone's instruments fit them very well. Mm-hmm. Also, Bobby doesn't have an instrument he has a until the end. Mm-hmm. He, has he, his he does have a kazoo. Be... The thing, I, I have a thing to say about Bobby playing the piano at the end. Um, okay. Because it's, cool, it's cool, cool. Peter and what is Peter's wife's name? Susan. It's Peter and Susan who play the piano. And in this scene, they're playing it together. Um, but when we get to the piano at the end, I will talk about the piano. I think everyone's cool. like instruments fit them very well. Uh, Amy having a French horn is very good. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the linchpin of my analysis. It's valid to be a kazoo. Valid to be a kazoo. <laughs> Three's company, safe and cheery. You want to fuck that man so bad it makes you look stupid. <laughs> Other thoughts? I just talked a lot. You two talk. But they're all really good thoughts. Yeah, they're really good thoughts. <laughs> and we support them. And we're just letting, we're just absorbing the thoughts because they're so good. Sick of ants, all of you. <laughs> no. Look, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting to get to the to the butterfly. This is where all of this is where I've poured all of my thoughts into. Now we do have uh, the butterflies because April is here. Bobby decorated his apartment himself, and April like likes it. She's like, "Oh, that's really interesting that you decorate your apartment all by yourself. Look at this mm-hmm. tuba. That's so great. <laughs> Look at this. I think it's supposed to be like a fireplace in the center of." the stage in the center back of the stage um she's like wow look at that uh the way that the show uses its own minimalism is very good Uh, bobby however is so disinterested in his own life that he can't even take compliments about his own design choices (laughs) he's like i just live here yeah i just walked to the i just walked to the bathroom on the way to the bedroom so i can walk through the living room and go out again Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) I, I really think, I don't know, I really like this scene mm-hmm. because I, I honestly think of the people that Bobby is around. I think, like, he is kind of the most interested in April. I, I mm-hmm. kind of see kind of this, like, it's a detached interest. It's kind of icy. But, you know, I think he's, like, really... I, I think, like, he, he feels, like, a fondness for her. The problem is that he's filtering his interest through a romantic lens when he yeah. does not feel a romantic attraction. No, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Um, 
And I just, I think April really gets like the short end of the stick because I think the show wants us to believe that she's dumb. And I think this performance um, by, I don't know what this, what this actor, actor's name is. But... I got it. April is played by Elizabeth Stanley. Yeah, I think, so Elizabeth Stanley's performance of April, I think really rejects that reading. Mm-hmm. She's not dumb. She's just forthright and kind of says what's in her head. Mm-hmm. She's, um, a little, she's a little quirky. She's a little quirky. She's Valid a little weird. To be and a she's little quirky. And not a manic pixie dream. This is her girl. debut. Wow, cool. Yeah, she's Good great. I don't know. I, I found her really magnetic. Um, Go, Elizabeth. And I'm just, I'm like contrasting this with the 2011 where it's Christina Hendricks. And I love Christina Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Um, She's in Mad Men for, like, all of Mad Men, mm-hmm. and she's fantastic. But she plays but it very straight. Everyone she, in the in the 2011 version is playing it very straight. Yeah, and she plays it for comedic effect. And there's, like, all of these little heartbreaking moments in the in the butterfly. Like, there's just this, this moment where she says, and that man, I felt really damaged by him. And then the 2011 version... She really, like, Christina Hendricks really plays that up. And it's great. She's hilarious. It's really funny. But there's this kind of, like, there is this kind of cruelty that's missing. Like, the thing that the man says is very cruel. Like, mm-hmm. how how dare you let your cat, a living being, like, have the autonomy to get this butterfly, another living being. And, like, the line, like, hey, I'm a living being too shithead mm-hmm. is just given so directly and like purely. Um, I love it. it. Yeah, it just, it, it feels so, so genuine and kind of at odds with the rest of the show. Like this is also the only time I think like a woman in the show is allowed to feel something very complex that is not, that's not just like, being afraid of marriage Mm -hmm. like this is this is the first time like there's a really complex i don't know like she's really complex and it's like a thing that the show's not usually doing and she's really like talking about the thing that the show doesn't think that it's doing yeah and like she's talking about the kind of the cruelty of the whole of the whole thing Mm -hmm. um and like the cruelty of of like men's role in the whole thing Mm -hmm. and then bobby just kind of like blithely tells the story about a time when he was really shitty (laughs) like not intentionally shitty but shitty and i think like the fact that it's happened to you but an awful thing and like the fact that her response and again in the 2011 this is played for laughs and i love that it's played straight here is that's so sad Mm -hmm. um and that poor girl and just like you can see him kind of think about it a little bit mm-hmm. and then not willfully not think about it again. <laughs> and I, I just think there's so many things at play in the scene that like the script doesn't think are in play, but this performance puts in play. Mm-hmm. We also get like the parallel to the men earlier singing about how Bobby should get fixed up with someone now the women sing about it 
Whereas the men were framing it a lot about themselves, about like, I wish that I was also single like you. They are framing it like about Bobby, but in a really like infantilizing way. Like, yeah. Uh, the line is like making conversations with the empty air all alone. Um, like making conversations with the empty air, except when you call him to babysit your kids, presumably. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Like, if you think that he's lonely, go hang out with him. And, like, the women, like, come on stage to, like, judge April, like, after she's told this very heartfelt story and been very sincere about Bobby's story. Um, it's like, either fucking yourself or stop judging. Adam, do you have thoughts? Um, no, not really. I think I emotionally checked out for this scene. I'm sorry. Fantastic. We gotta find something more interesting uh, to do <laughs> next time. No, it was interesting. It was good. I, I found it like... fascinating. <laughs> no, it was. I didn't have a lot. Of, I didn't have any time to watch it. It was my problem. So I was... No, you're good. Anyway, um, Barcelona. This is when Bobby gets the closest to the vision of him, who is just like a shitty bachelor. Mm-hmm. And there are parts of it that almost feel out of character. I don't believe you when you say that he forgot her name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe he's trying to drive her away. Also that. Like, I, I, I think there's, like, something to be said for that. Like, maybe, because, you know, when, as soon as she decides to stay, he's like, oh, God, no, don't, go. Yeah. And I, I think there is, like, part of him that, like, you know, and this is also shitty, but, like, she's a flight attendant so she'll be gone. Like, mm -hmm. that's her role in the world is, like, she doesn't stay places. Um, which, God, uh, 1970 Sondheim. <laughs> but, but also, like, I, I do think, like, there's something to... And, like, we see the most of her out of all of the girlfriends. Yeah. Just, like, what does that say? Yeah. It's like if if Bobby's perfect woman is someone who's gone most of the week. Yikes! Just say you're not into women. <laughs> he asks her to say because that's what you're supposed to do. He like mm -hmm. fully doesn't expect her to be like yeah okay. But she's like... It it seems like he's following a script 